Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society Podcast. I'm your host, Chet Czar, and this week I have an interview with Mike Gamble, who's an artist, painter, printmaker, and uh, he's got a tool poster out from this tour. Really cool painting of his, and um, he got in touch with me and thought it'd be a good idea to have him on and we ended up having a really great conversation super cool guy very talented um lots of technical talk about printing and stuff and uh, all kinds of good stuff um yeah really really enjoyed this one uh i don't know if you can tell but i'm completely exhausted once again nothing ever changes i suppose i, I had the craziest week oh my god I had to try and get a bunch of money together to pay my taxes because my extension ran out. And so I was just cranking out studies through my Patreon, uh, asking people if they wanted to commission some studies from like horror movies and stuff. And I was just hustling and uh, painting, pulling all-nighters. And uh, yeah, it was just very busy, very productive. Got a bunch of painting in which was cool but man i was really um it was it was crazy just kind of went by in a big whirlwind uh so now i was able to pay a large chunk of it but i still have to do uh payments i am doing a payment plan thing but uh but i got you know a lot of it paid so thank you everybody on my patreon who supported me and helped out i know a lot of people were like commissioning studies because they wanted to study but they also wanted to help out <clears throat> and i really appreciate that i have the the best fans in the world in fact you know uh kyle from um skull shop who's our sponsor i might as well say that now since since i um brought up the subject of fans or collectors or whatever you want to call them. Um, he texted me this weekend. It's from son of monster Palooza. And he said, Kevin, a Patreon supporter says hello from monster Palooza. And I'm like, I said, hello, Kevin. And he said, you really do have the nicest fans. <laughs> and I was like, it's true. They're the coolest people. They're amazing. You guys, are guys and girls and, Everyone are amazing and I appreciate it. Um, so, uh, if you want to, let's see, how do I, where do I go from here? I'm kind of screwed up now. I am so out of it. I was good for the interview though. So I was definitely better <laughs> in better form. And see, it's, it's the end of the evening of the day I did the interview. So I'm kind of burnt. It's all hitting me at once. Um, if you want to support the Dark Art Society podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash darkartsociety and join for as little as a dollar. And that is what allows me to keep doing this podcast. Um, Kyle from Skull Shop, as you as you know, you know his skulls. It's so funny. These are always in my, me going like this on the desktop version of YouTube. Almost all of, of the episodes, if you hover over with your cursor they're me holding a skull up 
It's so weird just because it automatically does it. Anyway, S-K-U-L-L-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. If you join at the $5 and above level on Patreon, you get a a discount, 20% off code for any of his human skull replicas on the skull shop. And uh, if you want to support my work, my personal Patreon is patreon.com slash chetzar. That's where my focus is really aside from doing my commission work and stuff um i'm not on social media as much as i used to be now it's all on my patreon so i'm posting all the stuff i i did um during the week i was posted pictures i did some jack nicholson from the shining studies and you see a crimson ghost back back here. I put all my time lapses and everything. Everything's on there. So that's really the best place to find me is on my Patreon. Patreon.com slash Chetzar. And you can join that for only a dollar. Twelve dollars a year. It's it's really pocket change, you know? Um what else? Uh I guess that's it. Oh, if you join the Dark Art Society podcast, see uh <laughs> it's a mess. It's a mess, but somehow everyone keeps listening, so I keep doing it. Um, if you get if you join the Dark Art Society podcast Patreon, you you also get your name read on the air, or on the podcast. On the air is not really applicable apl- applicable anymore. Okay, so new subscribers this week are Todd Zerwell and Sidekick Cato. Thank you both very much for supporting the podcast. It's greatly appreciated. Because I do enjoy doing the podcast, and um, but I couldn't do it if it wasn't being paid for. So, because uh, I just can't afford to. Because I gotta, I'm always hustling. Uh, I guess that's it. I, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Anyway, who cares? Uh, here we go with um, a really cool interview with a really cool artist, Mike Gamble. Hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Okay, we're finally starting. What's up, Mike? How's it going, man? Oh, you know how it's been going. It's yes, been I crazy. <laughs> for for those for those of you listening, I was just running around all morning dealing with taxes and stuff, and Mike's like, "Oh yeah, I understand. Totally mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. This is the art life." Yes, it is. Unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so yeah, so I mean. Uh, you got in touch with me. I have been aware of your work oh, uh, before, it? and mm-hmm. then I saw that you did a tool poster, and I was like, I know that mm-hmm. guy's work. That was recent, right? Yeah, it was, I think, like two weeks ago, something like that, kind of out of, out of the blue. <laughs> so, so I don't know if you could say how that happened or not. Or... Oh, yeah. So I've, I talked briefly about it on that other, uh, was it Spiral Out podcast? Oh, okay. Chris, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the whole thing again. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm so fresh I'm, that it's wild. You know? Yeah, I'm totally curious about that. So it way, let's go back to, I think it was like 2019 when Tool was doing their tour. And the artist that ended up being, uh, I'm from Philly. So the artist that ended up being the Philly poster was Carly Schmidt. Mm-hmm. And it was just totally random. It was on Reddit. I saw this gorgeous um, drawing. It was a pencil drawing. Messaged her on Reddit, found her Instagram. We're just kind of like shooting the shit back and forth. And then finally she was like, hey, I'm really not supposed to tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. 
but I'm doing the Philly show. And I was like, oh, sweet. You know, uh-huh. love the piece. I was just stoked to get it. So it spurred the idea. I was like, I paint. I do some artwork. So I decided to do the same thing she did. You know, I did some I don't know how she even got in. I think it was kind of the similar thing, just kind of putting it online and mm-hmm. seeing what happens. So anyway, I did a piece, did a very quick drawing, like <laughs> in like a month, wasn't even finished, you know, slapped together some edit on it, you know, Photoshop just to get it done and throw it out there. And it was pretty immediate. I think it was like in 24 hours, Adam, you know, I tagged him in it, tagged Tools, official Instagram page. He just reached out and said, you know, poster art for the tour um, yes yes please <laughs> okay <laughs> and then covid happens so like it went from that to just radio silence oh right right for like a year year and now i'm like you know obviously it's like such a cool opportunity it's a huge gig and then it's rug pulled and yeah i'm sure they're dealing with the, their own shit from their end so it was just like this kind of back and then like a, i want to say maybe like a year, year and change later, he actually reached out again. And like, it was super nice. He, obviously, I'm just some random dude on the internet. You know? Right. Yeah. So he reached out again and just said, Hey, man, I'm like, really sorry. Obviously, COVID happened. Tour got canceled. Now we have like this backlog of artists. So like, I'm keeping you in mind, like, just keep, be patient. So I was like, sweet, That's cool. whatever. Yeah, exactly. He didn't even need to re- reach yeah, out. But right. It was nice to at least know he's still thinking about it, blah, blah, blah. So then another... <laughs> This was, like I said, 2019, so it was like years, years and years <laughs> go on. And I just kept continuing to do these uh, pieces that were inspired by, like, each track from their last album. It was, like, when I was, like, 13, I was, like, so into them. And then, mm-hmm. obviously, like, the big lulls between their albums. That last album came out, kind of, like, re-fired me up with, you know, just being into their music. Mm-hmm. So I did a piece for each song, and then this one of the last ones, again, finally he reached out just really randomly, like, a month ago. Same thing poster art you know for fall sure sweet so then and i talked to the management blah 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 they had while i was on the phone with them he's you know you oh i see you're from philly i'm like yeah and then he says oh I, they're doing a philly show i'm like yeah i'm going to the philly show and he says well you know it's not my you know forte but he's like i'm gonna put a note that you'll get the philly show so i'm like dude it's literally it's gonna be the day after my birthday i'm like this is you're making this too perfect so that was just in my mind frame well then it ends up being the day the first show so it was like this avalanche. Like I wasn't even expecting it. I had wow. like a month to plan. You know, I was going to, I'm going to do like a booklet, hand bound booklet for like, I just had all these ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Fuming I was going to do for a month. And then all of a sudden my phone starts blowing up on like the fourth. <laughs> and I'm like, huh, all these tool fans are starting to follow my page. And then like <laughs> a barrage of hundreds of people. Hey, I just, you know, people are rumbling that you have the tool poster for show one. Is this true? And I'm like, oh. I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> I got no clue. But it, it's been wild. Wow. It's been a weird, wild whirlwind. I am happier than a you know pig and shit right now. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Adam. Poor Adam's gonna hear this. Oh. He's gonna be getting yeah, hit right? up by so many people. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. I know. How about it? Yeah, I'm sure he it? already gets hit up all the time. I'm That's sure. what I was saying to that guy, Chris. It was like, I'm sure I'm one of, you know, yeah. thousands of people doing the same thing. I know? yeah, I try I try not to bug him and we're friends. It's like yeah, it's right? like I try not to bug him because I know he's always getting hit up. Oh, I'm sure. So, you I'm know. sure. I, that's just how it is, uh, uh, mm-hmm. I guess. When you get to get to that level of fame, it's right. got to be crazy. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's that's amazing. So, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, uh, uh, how how about I, I'm I'm interested in your because uh, I was checking your workout. You do mm-hmm. so much like printmaking, woodcuts. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's yep. like, you know, talk about rare type of printing, even Pr printing uh -huh. is rare enough, especially right, so in this neat. kind of weird, uh, mm -hmm. art scene we're in, um, um, for sure. And then woodcut is like another level of niche. It's even more, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of cool because it's like I, I saw you, you know, like like etchings and things like like that that I've seen people do. I'm like, this looks like you need all kinds of special equipment and special yes. plates and stuff. <laughs> yes. And then with a woodcut, it's like, oh, I see what he's doing there. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, if you have the press. Right. You could, and even then, yeah, just a spoon. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so um, I, I, I want to get to you. Uh, actually, I want to get into all that. But, you know, we, first we should give people like a background, your history. Okay. Let's see. You were into Tool when you were 13. So that would put you at like, let me see. How old are you? <laughs> 30. I'm about to be 35 this year. Okay. So that's what I was thinking. That was like in the 2006 range, you know, okay. 13, 15, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so uh I, 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 I see. Okay. Uh, making me feel old again. <laughs> it's like 13 year old tool. I'm like, yeah, I was probably working on something for them back. <laughs> How about it? But uh, it's all good. Um, I'm just kidding. But most people on the show are, are younger than me. I always mm -hmm. say like, I, I used to be the youngest one in, in my peer group. Like I was in effects and stuff. I was always the young mm -hmm. one. Right, and right. Now I'm like the old one. Like now I'm older than yeah. everybody else. It's really weird. It completely flipped on me. <laughs> kind of um, how I feel anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the elder statesman. Yeah, it yeah gets, right? like, trust me, it gets worse. Oh uh, yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so anyway, just about like your background. I don't know anything about mm -hmm. you other than your. I just know your artwork, which is really. I mean, like you know, the best way to know an artist is really their artwork. Mm -hmm. But but people are curious, and I'm curious about okay, your I'll... your your art life. How did how mm -hmm, did you get mm -hmm. here? So. I come from a family, it's like half artisans, half musicians. My yeah. grandfather was like a full-time musician. My grandmother was a painter. My mom is an artist. She was my art teacher for like a large portion of my childhood. My dad's a basic, full-time musician. You no know? way, so like, that's so cool. Yeah, so it's like 50. And like I do play music myself, but obviously my passion drove me more towards the visual arts. You know? I had the same situation. I was in a band for 10, 10 years and I, and I like tried i was trying to yeah. make it and i couldn't quite make it after 10 hey, years i'm rough. like i gotta drop this and move on to something else and then then i got to visual art it was like oh this is kind of what i probably should have been doing in the first place i'm better i'm better at visual art than i am at music <laughs> right i can definitely relate and like, see, like so my brother's like but they're all talented my brother's like very very talented at bass my dad's a very so but it like goes in one or two ways you can do your personal kind of stuff or you have to, I mean, it's the same with the art. It's kind of hand in hand where it's like, you have to make that decision at some point in your life. Like, do I do the kind of gig band? Do I do, right. like my dad would do like weddings, parties. So like you have to kind of shift. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's still, when he was younger, he would do stuff more, you know, creative, more like his individual, you know, written songs. But like, you got to pay the rent. You right. got to kind of do the game. So yep. it's kind of like 50-50. So yep. I, from as young as I, and I'm sure it's because my mom's an artist and, you know, an art teacher that she was like kind of slowly <laughs> dropping the crumbs for me. But as far back as I can remember, I've always just wanted to do art, you know, mm. like she was always taking me to the art museum. The PMA has like a great collection of Van Gogh's and Dali's. And it was just always an instant, you know, connection to like, that's me. Right. <laughs> I want to do that, you know? So and then, like, having my grandma be a painter. So, like, all, we, all of my childhood birthdays were always paint, oil paint sets, acrylic sets. And it was just, That's like, so cool. flooded with the 
you know, material. So you, you know? were supported as opposed oh, to, to sure. ma- many artists I've had on here that were like, don't do it. <laughs> don't, don't get into this, <laughs> you know, get it, be a lawyer, be a doctor. Uh-huh. So that's no, great. It was, it was the, and like, she, it's funny throughout my life. My mom has always been like, you know, I'm sorry like, that I, I kind of, I was like, no, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> I pushed you into this career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, because it's a struggle. It, for yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. it's a struggle. But for me, like we were just saying, it, it's a worthwhile struggle. Yeah, I'd rather be it. doing this and bust. Because like, so I did my job for the last decade was doing carpentry. So mm-hmm. I was like, I was literally physically killing myself. Yeah. For even, you know, rat pee and asbestos, you know, <laughs> insulation. Yeah. I'd right. rather do this and not actually kill myself, you know, you know, mentally <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kill myself. So it's, I, I love it. You know, it's yeah. like you see what you're saying. It's like, it's a struggle, but it's a good, it's a healthy show. Cause at the end of the day, like I'm, you're, it's doing something fulfilling, you know? Right. And it's, it's, and like, it's contributing to your future too. That That's, right, that's what right. I like about um, the art life. It's like, especially when I'm doing my own specific work, um, uh, I feel like this is for my future. Whereas when I was yeah. doing the makeup effects stuff, I just felt like mm-hmm. this isn't really for my future. This is for someone else's project. I'm not really going to yeah. get much out of it other than getting hired for another job or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not enough anymore. That's how I felt. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I can relate to that exact sentiment. I would always try to like trick myself. I was like, oh, you know, I'm contributing to somebody's life. You know, this is a place <laughs> that they're living and it's benefit. And a I, it being like, of service. <laughs> right. But at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, fixing the houses of like the wealthy and i'm right dying <laughs> <You know? laughs> my shoulders are breaking my I mean, knees are you breaking. Know, it, there's something to be there is something to be said about offering a service for people mm-hmm. that's useful for sure mm-hmm. you know so it's just like <clears throat> i don't know it's it's almost like uh uh i don't want to say some people aren't suited to it but right but uh you know if you're, it's like, if you're satisfied doing that and that's your thing, then good. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's great. Cause people, we need people to do things like that, you know, like it's all jobs, sure. you know, but, yeah. but, uh, you know, if you have that, that thing inside of you that wants to express your own vision, that's, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, you, you can't help having that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Or, or not having that. Some people don't have that and you can't mm-hmm. help it. Right, you can't uh, turn that off. Yeah, sure. yeah. So you need to you need to follow that thing if that if yeah. you have it, you know. It's one of my co- so like now with the printmaking, uh, one of my college uh, colleagues is like my professor, and we like just hooked up after college, and now we're working together all the time. He kind of hooked me up with my like day job where we do, um, I guess it's like freelance printing for other artists. But it's just interesting that it's like the same. You know, we always joke about this idea that like no matter what I'm going to make, you know, like it's kind of a bonus that I can make money off of it right. for sure. <laughs> but I there, like when I'm not making, I feel bad. I feel time. Like there's like that voice in my eyes. Like, what are you doing? What are you times yeah. working on? And you're not making, keep on making buddy. What are you doing? So it's like, it's, I can't turn it off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of like a, 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 a good addiction I feel because it, it really sure. like, sure. you know, when you do a good piece, it, mm-hmm. it totally gets you high. And then when, oh, you, without when, a doubt. You, when you fail, it gets you mm-hmm. low. <laughs> uh-huh. If you don't, if you oh, don't yeah. satisfy that thing, it's like, it's such a frustrating, bad feeling. Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's funny. You were mentioning, so that the, with the printmaking, when I was a Tyler, uh, I would do, you know, the, your typical, the silk screen, 
they have lithography. What's, Ty- and they did like, what, what's Tyler? I'm oh, so, oh, sorry. Yeah. A Tyler School of Art is like a, it was like a kind of like niche school. Now it's part of Temple's main campus, but it was this like little in the middle of nowhere is like attached to a nunnery. Hmm. It's like very green space, small class sizes, very hands-on with the wow. teachers. So it got like half and half. It was halfway through Temple's main campus kind of absorbed us. And it's, it's, it's a new thing now. It's got like state-of-the-art facilities. Hmm. That's cool. But now it's like it's like more of like your typical kind of art school now. It's like bigger class sizes. Like I was definitely in it for the the fact that it was like so tight knit. You could really get a lot of one on one with the teachers. And I had like really good relationships with some of those teachers. Now they kind of left and now it's like the new generation right. just kind of taken over. But it was a really good school. It, both like I said, it was just kind of two different worlds, mm-hmm. you know. And uh with the new campus, so like at the old Tyler, it was like our silkscreen room was literally like three tables. You had to like, it was a, a mandatory uh, class that you had to take, but you know, every printmaker has to find their way into this room with three tables. And I think with the class, I was like six people or eight people or something. So it was like really tiny, very slapstick. Like our uh, exposure uh, room was like just like a sink in the corner. Mm-hmm. And then to clean the screens, it was, you would just put a newsprint down. And then pour the like emulsion remover onto the table, to, and it would it would make wow. a mess. It was a totally probably not OSHA <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. regulated. And then to the parallel, moving to the main campus, now it's like this state of the art stainless steel booth, and you know it's great. It's like really great. So yeah. Tyler, I would do the silk screening, um, stone lithography, and they have like a great resource. And like as like you were saying, printmaking is so process oriented, and like. You need so much stuff. Yeah, to yeah. Execute any of these processes, and I, for just no reason, I didn't do any of the uh, woodcuts. So, like, I just I did all the of them. I did, you know, silkscreen, lithography, etching. Did all these different processes, and then after uh, I graduated, like this one professor, he does these like awesome. His name's uh, Alexis Nutini. Does these like super ornate. At least he was, and I think he's kind of getting back into it. Uh, hand-done woodcuts, but they're like pixelations. So it's like a 30 by 40 piece of wood. He'll put a grid of like, I want to say they're probably like quarter-inch squares. And then like just do a pixelated landscape, figural kind of thing. Oh, that's interesting. They're really like in-depth. So that was our first kind of interaction after school is we did a collaboration. I did like a, a figural hand-done carving like I usually do, and then he did his pixelation. It was just like this cool learning a new process, mm-hmm. kind of restarting this new relationship, and just kind of set me into the that woodcut world. And then I, like, for at least a, nearly 10 years now, I just, like, that was all I was cranking out was these monochromatic woodcuts, but then the reduction. I don't know if you know a lot about the printmaking process mm, at all. A little bit. Not ton, so, not a ton. I can geek out about it forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm so into right on. I'm so into text tech, uh, you know, pro- well, process stuff. It's a very heavy, <laughs> heavy, heavy <laughs> process. So the printmaking, the reduction is so a relief print is essentially a very complicated stamp. You know, it's you carve away the whites. What you ink up is yeah. you know whatever color, but typically if it's monochromatic, it'll be black. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll start lightest to dark, so you have your matrix your wood cut originally that it's all wood you start your carving you put the paper on the block you put it through the press mm-hmm. and you start with like your lightest so then you'll carve some more and then it's registration system 
that gets your paper to lock back down oh, in the wow. exact same position. Okay. And then you put it through again, do some more uh, carving, and then you just keep repeating this process of getting darker and darker and darker, and that gives you your full range, tonal, you know. Okay. So it, they're one-off prints yes, then. Yes, exactly. Unless you they're... do a bunch of prints the first mm-hmm. pass, and then a bunch exactly, of prints yeah. the second pass. But that's all you get. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, that's exactly. cool. That's really cool. Yeah, so it's like the truest form of limited edition. Like you right. said, like you could do 20, you could do 50, but once you're done, you're done. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Because every pass, you're you're destroying the exactly. the, the first one, the, the previous one. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, so how did you, why, why, how did you get into printing? Because, you know, you're a really good painter yeah. also. So, so it's like. Thank you. What, I appreciate that. <laughs> what, what. Uh, another thing is you painting on black. I want to talk about too because that's something okay. I've been thinking about a lot lately. But mm-hmm, anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, that's that's uh, we'll save that for get ahead of <laughs> <laughs> How did you? How did you get into? Why did you choose printing over painting? Since you, you know, you do both really well. So, so it's and so at Tyler, it was interesting. There was like I was taking some painting classes, and there was only one teacher that was left there that would teach the traditional styles, and then I think there. The other teachers were kind of moving more towards abstract expressionism right. and different, and it just like we didn't really click. And I think the the mm. true reason though is the finality of it. The printmaking really kind of like stoked something up in me. It's like I don't ever have to give away anything. I'm making an addition of twenty. I can keep the best ones, and then I can sell <laughs> all the rest of them. And I don't ever have to have that like, you know, the letting go, you know, of like the the permanence of like an oil paint, something you spend hours, sometimes months on mm-hmm. and then having to sell that there is like a, you know, it's like a little baby, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta let go of that. So I think right. that really was the most kind of intriguing part of the printmaking process. It was like, Oh, I don't even have to deal with that <laughs> psychological <Right>. aspect, <laughs> you know? And like the pro, like I'm a very like analytical mechanical person. I like taking care of my car myself if I can. So like, I think that part of it too is like, mm-hmm very hands-on and it's slow i think that's also like i very much relate nothing is fast in printmaking mm-hmm. you know whether it's the wood carving yourself or even with the etchings it's like sometimes an hour in the bath and then you got to take it out do more right. drawing and you know it's like everything is like pumping the brakes constantly you know yeah it's like the, it's the the opposite of the world we live in it op- it functions yeah. oh, like yeah. total full Full opposite uh-huh. of the way reality is now for us. How about it? <laughs> the modern world, you know. So that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. That 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 is another added dimension of what makes it cool in a way. Oil, sure. I mean, oil painting. I feel is the same way too. It's like mm-hmm. it's slow, at least. I mean, relatively slow and um, yeah. and archaic in mm-hmm. this in this mm-hmm. reality in, in in this right modern world. It's kind of like there's. You know why? Why? Right, right. <laughs> it's like why it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to exist. It's not uh-huh. digital, but um, <laughs> interesting. So, did did were you? <clears throat> well, how did you? You must have been painting too, because you. So could, it's you actually could, int- How do you? Not really, <laughs> man. So, like, I did painting in college. Uh, you know, it was purely for classes. Uh, I always loved painting, <clears throat> but it was always like a not a struggle, but it wasn't really necessarily my strong suit. I loved it. You know, I just loved the process of it. But again, like I just like kind of went full force into the printmaking. And then also the like, 
like you were saying about not have like once you graduate, obviously I don't have that studio. I don't have the presses. So I was doing woodcuts and I was printing with a spoon. I was doing these large scale woodcuts of like figures. And then like I print like 10 of them and maybe get one good one. You like, Oh my God. Print with the spoon for like 45 minutes. So, and then the last 15 seconds, it shifts and it's ruined. Oh my God. So <laughs> instead of running it through a press, you take the back of a spoon and you rub take it all over. Wow. And like every, and like you, figure like it's concave so like that little pinpoint you're literally it's like a doing a rubbing you're getting like wow a millimeters little circle of pressure and you got to do that for the whole damn thing it's <laughs> it's crazy thank god i don't have to do that anymore <laughs> i've so, access to presses <laughs> so so do you do you have a, your own press now or do you have i do i ended up scoring one on ebay somebody some other college student who bought one and then I I have one. That's my like kind of nest egg. I luckily my uh, that uh, professor that I now work with, we have like a gorgeous Conrad press. It's like this gigantic drum, just like great, great piece of machinery. And I have mine in my basement. That's just like for a rainy day. If ever I need oh, cool. a press, <laughs> you know, I've got one ready to go. You know, the thing about those presses, I always think of is like you could completely oh, crush your fingers, like just you definitely just, just flat <laughs> but through the drum it's actually surprising like crushing it through the drum i feel like it's probably your least worry but there's so many moving parts there's gear driven yeah. ones there's uh i forget the name for it but there's like a a track system where underneath the press bed will have a track and then a gear so like the press bed and the drum will move simultaneously so like that kind of stuff you'll be like holding the the, the press bed cranking it through and then all of a sudden you're oh <laughs> yeah 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 i guess there could be a number of things that yeah it's, it's that, that kind of goofy stuff is the more <clears throat> right dangerous. right yeah they're just so uh industrial and dangerous but I, sure. I i dig the um i i do love you know i have i do did uh 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 G clay prints, you know, standard, mm -hmm. what every, right. most artists do. And I have a right. printer and, um, <clears throat> on it's, it's similar to, I, I understand the love of a piece of equipment, uh, you know, yeah. like that, because mm -hmm. I feel that way about this digital printer. And I know it's completely yeah. a different deal, That's, but, but it's, you it's know, tool, yeah. You and know? it's like changing the inks and, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, setting the paper and and it's just when it, it works really well and i just i love the process of it i really do mm -hmm. i do enjoy the process of printing um it's just satisfying for some reason yeah. you know just right, seeing sure. something you know setting it up and getting it right and being able to do it is really is really enjoyable to me um mm -hmm. but yeah that's like a whole other level it's funny that you that you know we just <clears throat> uh kind of got in or you got in touch with me and we just kind of you're on the podcast because yeah right <laughs> i think uh well i uh it was a week or two ago i was watching something about the melvins it was like <laughs> a documentary on youtube and it showed mackie who uh yeah. his wife who does their graphic yeah, does design great. yeah and she she did my book my, or both of my books oh, cool. she designed both of my cool. books so i did not know that she's amazing yeah and, uh, but she has a, she had a press and I was thinking, man, it's so cool that she's got a press and they're like, mm -hmm. I didn't realize they were making all of these limited yeah, releases. Like, right. Some of the like LPs they'll do. It's yeah. On, uh, I forget the name of that specific type of press. Uh, 
it's the one that like when you roll it it actually like inks the right right it's it's really cool process yeah and and i just was it's it's it was like a prelude to this interview in a way because it was Hmm. just randomly and i was thinking man it would be so cool if i was gonna do something like that i would i I like doing stuff myself rather than like sending it out to get done it's like i just definitely relate (laughs) i just love that so so i was just thinking man it'd be so cool of course i'm not gonna do that's like i've got I know, you're right. Too much. Just add another yeah. idea in the giant pile. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a 3D printer Ooh, that's okay. still in the box. I had, had to buy it because it was, it was some crazy sale they're having, and it was two hundred dollars. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah it right. was like a thousand. It's like a thousand dollar printer, and they were offering mm-hmm. it for on sale for like five hundred bucks, and then there was an wow. additional. Right percentage off and it yeah and it was like somewhere in the 200 range and this wow. friend of mine who does 3d prints he's like you have yeah, to get, get this, this if you're interested <laughs> and right. so i've never 3d printed i you know but or anything but i have it and it's been right. sitting in a box for six months because i just don't have time to get to it so it's like i had to plan like okay probably around the holidays i usually take a couple <laughs> weeks off it's the only right. time all, be... all year i give myself time off i might uh-huh. set that up but Stick um, some teeth into some 3d uh <laughs> youtube tutorials yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so um yeah but i love i i i love having you know doing things yourself and and not having to farm mm-hmm. stuff out and uh so sure. I, i'm totally and i'm so into process oriented and stuff um mm-hmm. so i think it's really cool that you that you're you're doing that and, and it like i said it's such a, a niche oh for sure thing you know I mean, you're, it's, it's niche but it's surprising that like it's slowly making a comeback. Oh yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I agree. When I was in college, I graduated in 2010, 11, and they were saying they're like, oh, I don't know, guys. Yeah, it's... then it was really niche. But it, right, you, you see people like people are into these printers now, like showing right. them off online. That people collect them. People mm-hmm, that don't even mm-hmm. print collect them because they're cool. Right, know? right. And it's I think it, it's that like when I was describing it to you, it's like the impermanence, the fact that it is. It's it's like kind of close to a painting. So like. We work, the the guy I share my studio with, we work for this place called uh, Brandywine Workshop and Archives. And what they do is they'll get artists from all over the world. And I didn't, I wasn't even aware of this. So we worked with Sam Gilliam. I don't know if you know, he was like a mm-hmm. kind of relative to uh, a Pollock. He would do like these drip paintings. Okay. And he was like world renowned. I had no idea. I'm mm-hmm. just like working with my friend. He's bringing me on on this project. I'm just kind of doing the grunt work, you know, working the press, doing huge <laughs> color fields and all this. And then he passed away recently, unfortunately. And then all of a sudden I see like New York Times and Huffington wow. Post talking about the life and work of Sam. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> wow. I had no idea. <laughs> it's just like this cool. And that's, I guess, getting back to what we're talking about. It's like this kind of world is reinvigorating. And we just, that was like four days ago, they did a a retrospective and they finally showed off these prints. It was in New York city. And it was just so cool seeing like hundreds of people so fired up and like the kind of similar to the conversation we're having where they're like, they all thought they were oil paintings and we're like, no, 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 they're wood cuts. And they're like, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I don't even understand what you're saying. <laughs> Two, like, what, what do you mean? Cause when you look at them, it, they look like a drip kind of Pollock painting. That's Interesting. Like, part of the woodcut process like silkscreen i'm sure you know it's like a very matte flat you know it's kind of like an industrial process right right posters and Mm -hmm. everything is made this way woodcut it's like 
every layer you put down, it's like it becomes topographical. You get like that little extra bit right. of oil based. I always say it's like uh, juicy. Whenever I pull a nice print, that's always our thing. I was like, man, that was a juicy one. <laughs> yeah. You literally hear it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like right. I get it. Heel sound, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's like such a cool tactile, and I yeah. like obviously selfishly, and also just I, I love the fact that it is kind of getting getting some more steam again. You know, it's like yeah. like you said, it's super niche. Not many people really know about it, and it's cool to see people getting fired up about mm-hmm. the, these old world process. And, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see. Like, in the last, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just. It's just like such an old thing. You know, yeah, like yeah. Hundreds of years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's you know that's the it, it. You know, there's a lot of, um, it's, it's important. Be okay. Art, it's got like some kind of, uh, 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 God, I can't say that. I can't say the words right. It's like my brain knows what it wants to say, but I can't spit oh, the words out. <laughs> I can relate. I do this too much of that all the time. Uh, what will get, you know, it's, it has a, a certain kind of, uh, meaningfulness mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. of how the printing press, changed the world it was like this huge development you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and it's that's that's Mm. an added thing like that that's an added thing that makes it cool (laughs) that's my way of saying what i'm trying to say and just like a connection back to this part of i I really kind of like what you're getting at there like it is this connection back to this part that is so integral yeah like what like you were even saying with your printer and the fact that you you love the process of it you love printing it and maintaining it it's mm-hmm. still the same thing right it's just a mechanical right. version of right. the same thing it's pr- reproductions multiples right and it's just the thing i'm doing is just like this bashing my head to all <laughs> archaic <laughs> well know? it's closer to the original thing that's that's right, kind of right, what's cool right. about it but that but 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 that adds like another layer of just i don't know meaning or depth to mm-hmm. to creating art uh using this this way of printing i think it's it's really uh it's really cool it just it hadn't occurred to me before but um yeah i've i've noticed in the last few years just you know like i said people sharing pictures of their their uh print uh print what do you call them are they just that that's just a press, but there is a, a press. Okay, press is another. They do have specific. If you want to get real niche, they do have their own. That's what I was trying to. It's a print, think of a name. but generally a printing press is what they call yes. it. Okay, okay, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. All right, that that makes yeah, yeah. So, so but es- essentially, at the end of that, all of them are. It's all pressure based. You right, know, it's about right. putting ink on the surface, or even intaglio is the etchings process. That's the ink is in the groove, and you wipe the surface. Right. The two. Two sides of a the similar coin. You yeah, know, relief yeah, printing yeah, it's yeah. on the top, etching it's in the grooves. Right. But right. You're always crushing it through this machine and then the the paper pulls the ink off. You know, you get an impression. Okay, this is uh totally kind of well, no, it's not. It, it's it's in line <laughs> with what we're talking about. But I'm curious okay, when you're doing etchings mm-hmm. and it's it's the ink is coming from the recess and not the surface right yes yes so you have to do everything in reverse or are you doing Uh, everything in reverse for yours for woodcuts so there's ways of getting around it for both with the etching you do have to do it completely in reverse like you 
you'll take your copper zinc, but it's typically copper plate uh-huh. and you cover it with what's called hard ground. And it's basically just like a tar, very thin, you know, it's tar uh, mixed into a solvent. So it's like this very thin layer, but it then it's black. So your drawing will then show the copper and it becomes a white, you know, shiny copper right. line, which then gets put into the acid bath to become a black line. So that is, there's really no way around that one. Right. It's completely reverse. And this gets back to what you were talking about all or way earlier where, you, you know, you'll work on something forever and it's a total loss. That happened so much for me with the etching process. I mean, you know, you put it in the bath and you hold your breath. I get you that. Hope that you cleaned your plate right and the hard ground didn't flake off you know that's what i like about the the wood um yeah carving aspect Mm -hmm. it's like you're kind of more in control of it that's what never interested me about etchings or silk screening even it's like you have Mm -hmm. to do these weird things like with lights and Mm -hmm. burning things screens (laughs) Uh and acids and it just seems like those are things that you kind of can't control. I like things that, no. that you are directly in control of, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. although I suppose if you're a master at it, you can, the acid will work for yes. you every time, but, but still, I just, I like that hands-on it's going to make it or break it by, you know, my direct contact with this thing is going to make it happen sure. or not, you know? Right. And first there's definitely more control, but the, so like the way I draw, I just do like stippling, which is like, it's kind of getting back to what we were saying earlier. I just, I don't really know what I'm doing with any of it. <laughs> I do what I'm, I'm comfortable with. Right. So like your, your typical woodcut, like the Albrecht Durers, and it's like cross-hatching. You right. do drawing and cross-hatching. And then you have to like very fastidiously carve the I can't the even white imagine that. Yeah, that's insane. I'm never doing that. Because that's when it's the opposite of what we're saying is you make one, you can work on a thing for a month and then you make one false move. Yeah. And you're done, you know? Yeah. Just like a huge gouge through your whole drawing. So... The way I do it is I'll just take any type of point, a needle, pinpoint, you know, dry point needle for etching. I've used thumbtacks when I forgot my tool and I'm at the studio mm-hmm. and I'll just, you know, meticulously make little dots in the wood and that'll be, that'll slowly reveal away the whites. Wow. Of the image. So you're not, I mean, you're using like carving, you know? Yeah. But you're, you're using like some kind of Dremel tool at some point, right? No, it's just literally just tapping away with a needle. That's really? It. Yeah. That's insane. Slow what about burn. the <laughs> What about the big areas though? Big areas that you don't uh, it's, want. It's just tapping away. <laughs> you don't use chisels or anything or So like if you're talking about like so a lot of my other work it's a uh, kind of like vignettes, that stuff, it's like the whites for sure. Yeah, that's Okay. chiseling. Yeah, getting rid of But you don't use any like electrical Dremel tools or anything for now I do uh, the again uh, the guy I share the studio with Alexis. He has a CNC machine, so I'll make my design. I have the silhouette of where my image area will be. We can just put it in the CNC machine. It does the grunt work for me. But oh, cool. before it was all by hand. I put in my blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, yeah, right. And now I've upgraded to the CNC. <laughs> I have no. Oh, that must be. <laughs> That's <laughs> the know? thing. It's like it, it's it's like uh, <clears throat> projecting images to do a painting it's like i've done it by eye and i can do it i've done a bunch of them just by eye it's just harder it's more difficult so i'm just going to project it because i know i can do it the other way if i had to i just don't have the time to do it that way right and it's the very it's like back to again what you were saying with the printmaking it's variables like 
yes, you can master the etching bath. You can master applying the hard ground. You can master all these things, but it's always like sometimes you'll go through a process, you'll make a print and the last stage, it's a mess. You just spent three months and it's there's nothing you can do. Wow. The block isn't working. And now you got to go through the roll deck. It's like, was it the wood that I chose? Oh, was my God. And that's after doing a bunch yes. of prints. So your yes. last phase after. Oh, my God. That's insane. <laughs> and it's just not working. It looks like a muddled mess. Oh, my and like, God. Some of the times it's just stuff that I'm seeing, but some of the times it's just a mess. And I'm yeah. like, I guess this one's a loss, you know? Wow. Yeah. I, I, I get it. Yeah. So even, it, even it if is, it's, even if it's something that just you're seeing still that bugs the hell out of you, you know? Yeah. And I, a, that's what got me back into the print. The painting is like, <laughs> I, I was like super, I, I was always you know, 90% happy, 85% happy at the end of the print. And like, that's a part of printmaking. They call it like happy accidents where mm -hmm. no matter what you do, it's not going to be what you envisioned right. initially. Like <clears throat> the cool thing about the reduction is like, and I'm sure you even kind of will know this, like with doing uh, different styles of painting that like when you layer a color on top of a color, like I want it to become a skin tone. Well, I started with a yellow, then I did like a more kind of fleshy skin tone. Well, then once I put the the color that I mixed brown on top of it, the yellows, it's transparent. So like it's influencing the next level and right. there's like nothing I can do about it. Right. You know? I just have to accept <laughs> yeah. what it's becoming. Sometimes my skulls will turn into like green instead right. of, you know, right. green colored. I'm like, all right, I guess it's a green skull now, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, that can be a good thing though. So, but I, but, sure. I, but I but I but that see that, that to me that's like a that's one of the principles of art making, I believe. Mm -hmm. Is is that at least I I feel like you know, from my experience, <clears throat> a willingness to follow the art where mm -hmm. it takes you. And that's really what the difference, I think, sometimes between a, a good artist and a great artist. The great artist can can read what the painting wants to be and not and not fight it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the skull wanted to be green, <laughs> so you have to accept you that. Roll with it, and, right? Yeah, and you have to be <laughs> like, okay, maybe. Because I could see a situation where it'd be like, no, it has to be right. the way I envisioned it. But uh -huh. but the print, you know, I'm thinking in esoteric terms kind of, but it's like mm -hmm. the print is telling you it wants to be a green skull. So you have to accept yeah. that. And then oftentimes, <laughs> what oftentimes what I found when it comes to paintings is like, oh, this, it ended up being better than, than what I would have come up with on my own. And that's where the 100%. kind of spiritual magical aspect of art making comes into play where this thing happens that you're kind of like oh wow i i could have never thought of that <laughs> exactly you know where did it come from it's like and it kind of puts like an extra like you said like you i for sure learned something in that print and it put an extra little kind of thing in the rolodex where it's like right it did not turn out how i wanted Right. But it was like, it looked kind of cool. And I, exactly. I never would have chose these color choices by the end of it. Right. It's just like a new kind of extra muscle that I can use for an additional kind of print, you know? Yeah. But yeah. for sure, it's like you're, especially with printmaking, I found you are, you're at the mercy yeah. <laughs> of the print, you know? 
I'm putting in a little bit of information, but the print is like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm calling the shots. <laughs> Remember your place here. Yes, yes, for uh, that, sure. <laughs> that's, that, I, I, I really believe that, that, you know, as an artist, your job is to um, manifest this idea. Where mm -hmm. the idea comes from, who knows? You know, you could, mm -hmm. you could say it, it's, who knows? So, you know, yeah. uh, yep. but your job is to, that's why you have to be good. That's why you can't half-ass things. You have to make sure yeah. that your skills are good because you owe it to the art. Mm -hmm. You know, if 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 you're going to half-ass it because you're lazy right. and you don't want to build your skills up, then right. how can how can you expect the art to want you to be want you to make it <laughs> mm -hmm. in a weird or way? Have a connection, and you know, yeah, people have, you know, they see that. I think that that's what made me want to become an artist in the first place. Is you see a piece of artwork that's like for me, like the dollies and these like super hyper realistic artists. And I'm just like in awe, mm -hmm. like going like, how the hell did you do this? Right. You know, I'm yeah. just trying to break it apart in my mind and figure like, what was painted first? How did you do mm -hmm. use layering? You know? So like, for sure, you have to commit. <laughs> you got to get in that fist fight with it. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and then you have to accept that it's the boss. And I think yes. that that's like, you know, the be the best way to be when creating a piece of art is that I'm here to serve you. Mm -hmm. you're it's all it's like a spirit i'm telling you it's like i, sure. I view it like the spiritual thing i've said this mm -hmm. a million mm -hmm. times in the podcast so people are probably sick of it but it's like <laughs> you know the artwork uh is like the god kind of and you're like how can i serve the god yeah, how can yes, i serve you yes you know yes <laughs> sure. i'm uh i'm i'm uh uh like uh, devoting yourself to yeah you know? yeah to whatever you want to mm -hmm. whatever you want, I'm going to uh, do my best. And that means it's almost like a religious devotee. It's like hmm. you have to get, you know, because super or spiritual devotees, they're like, they they pray, they meditate. They're trying to cleanse themselves spiritually. Right. They're trying to be as pure as possible so that mm -hmm. they can serve God as as best as they can. And that's, hmm. and it's and it's like that with, with oh, shit. Can you hold on one second? It's my tax guy. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I'll edit this out. <laughs> one second. Yeah, no, no problem. Man, I was on a roll too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just getting into the good shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to figure out how to edit that. Man, I but the, my my I was waiting all morning for my tax guy yeah. to call me back with a question. You know, because I got to pay the federal now, so it's like, uh, <laughs> oh. that's the one that's killing me. Uh, uh, okay, what was the last thing? I was Talking about, <laughs> I guess, like the spirituality, right. devoting ourselves to, and it's actually like funny what you were saying with that is like I I've always held a very similar kind of outlook, and I just never like kind of articulated in the same. Like I've always believed in this idea of like, because it's funny, like even with this tool thing. People, all these people are reaching out to me and like, you'll get, how the hell did you do it? And I just say like, exactly what I said to you, you know, you just throw it out there. Mm -hmm. You got to make first and foremost, you got to keep making. Right. But the idea that like, you have to know your strengths one, mm -hmm. and then just do what, once you know your strength, push yourself to that limit right. and just do the best of what I actually had this one. I, it was Chris from the other uh, podcast. He was saying, he's like, oh, you know, I'm not an, I always hear people say that, you know, I'm not an artist and, I, and I'm like, well, stop right there. Mm -hmm. First of all, mm -hmm. <laughs> if you have the drive, you're right. already 70% of the way there. Right. 
he's like, I do photography and I want to do silkscreen. I said, dude, you're again, you're you're ninety five percent of the way there now. Right. Get your best photographs, edit them, make them into silkscreen, blah blah blah. But like, always push yourself to that limit and go like full steam into what you know your strengths are. Right. And the whole idea of like, you have to devote yourself to it, and like, you have to make yourself uncomfortable. You mm-hmm. know. Well, like, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, to- I, I totally agree. I, I remember what I was saying before I jumped off was, was it's like the, the spiritual devotee will, will do mm-hmm. everything they can. They'll devote their life to purifying themselves for God, the, whatever right. God it is that they're worshiping. And mm-hmm. as artists, our, our, if, you, if you parallel the two ideas, the, our um, spiritual purification is like being as good as we can at what we do so that we can fully help realize the vision of God or offer the God a painting, right, you know, right. offer the art God, this painting. It's like an, every painting is kind of like an offering to this thing. And you don't want to sure. offer some half-assed thing. If you really believe in this thing, <laughs> right. you don't want to offer some like half-assed thing. So like uh-huh. you said, it's like playing to your strengths. That's just good practical advice, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then finding your weaknesses and working on those as yes. well. Yeah, you know, yes. so that you could, so you're trying to just always be better because if you really mm-hmm. believe in this thing that is a higher thing, which I, which I really do, I, I do believe, yeah, I, I believe that it's like something's a spiritual thing that, that you, uh, you have to bring your whole self. And this is like not to get anything, it's like, right, right, to honor this thing fully which is the goal, like with a God mm-hmm. is if you're really spiritual and you're really a, 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 some kind of devotee to some religion or, or right. whatever spiritual belief system, you want to, uh, uh, you know, be, give it 100%. I forget, kind of forgot what I was <laughs> saying, but, but, but like, but for, for the, for the artwork, it's like, you have to, you're honoring this deity, in a way, mm-hmm. this smart spirit or whatever you want to call it. And this is just a way of looking at it. I'm sure like a, yeah. a non-spiritual person can look at it in a different way, but it's still a mm-hmm. track. You know what I well, mean? It's funny. So like, I'm definitely, like I said, I'm very analytical, but there is that, like I was raised Catholic. So there is that little bit mm-hmm. of something in the back of my head where I'm always like, ah. so like talking to what you were saying, I have no clue where my ideas come from. And for me, like the idea is a struggle. So like, especially, and I think it's worth, especially, mm-hmm. you know, especially with the printmaking, I know that it's going to be a three month process. So I have, I've always had this like, well, I can't have it be trash. I have to, to be something worthwhile. Right. So, right. Like, my, an idea will come just completely out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes like something as trivial as like, I'll be, you know, in center city and I'll just like see an advertisement that'll give me a cool visual. And then like, I'll make this terrible scribble on my right. phone and then run home and start to try and yeah. make a sketch. So like it, I do absolutely subscribe to the idea where it is a spiritual experience. Like I cannot tell you where the hell yeah. it comes from. And then, and then when you get it, you know it, you're like, Oh, yes. you know, this is it. That this light is the bulb. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It really, yes. yeah. Yeah. It's such a trip. And there's, I love it when it's, it's uh, I love the comedian Mitch Hedberg and you know, he had this one joke um, about, you know, sometimes, You'll think of a really good joke 
but you know, your pen and your paper isn't next to your bed. So then I have to convince myself that it really wasn't that funny. Yeah. And I don't have the best <laughs> ideas always come to me. It's like three 30 in the morning. I know. I know. I'm just about to fall asleep. And I'm like, shit, <laughs> I got to get out the phone. Yeah, I know. I it's like, scribble this down. <laughs> I'll do and like, sometimes. Like, yeah. I'll you'll talk. see. You're like, what, what is this? <laughs> I, I do the same thing, but with like, cause I'm, I try and keep track of my dreams, just like a dream journal. Yeah. And I'll like record it and it'll be like, and I go check it the next day and it's like, I can't even understand anything. I had a really good one the other night though. A dream. I had this dream. I saw this giant like spaceship. It was so vivid. It seemed so real. It was so trippy. Right, um, right. But, but the other part of it was, was this concept that there's these robots, they're like these machines and then mm-hmm. they weren't from the, they're not related to the spaceship, I don't think, but, but it was like these machines that just look like, they don't look even like cool robots. They just look like weird machines. They go mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they go and grab a person from behind they grab them by the arms and you can't see what's happening to them because they're they're like behind they go from behind them grab them by the arms and then this thing goes on their head you just see something go down Mm -hmm, and then it pulls it off and then you see what the person looks like after and it is a a person with this part of their head cut off and they just start running and they explode in like 10 seconds (laughs) so it like creates these it's a machine that creates these kind of bombs right you know? i was just gonna say like a little ticking time bomb. yeah and it just runs they run as soon as you let them go they become these it. automatons it was so freaky anyway yeah, what a vivid dream to have <laughs> so weird i was like man i gotta remember that for dystopia yeah, right. or whatever but um uh, so nobody steal that it's because it's on record here it's on record i'll sue your ass <laughs> but um when i i was like oh, i'm gonna forget this I'm going to mm-hmm. forget this cool idea. And then luckily my wife woke up. And so I was like, if I tell her that oh, right, then I'll remember the dream. So I told her about it just, uh-huh. just so I would remember. And I remembered, um, she's the fail safe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, anyway, just to wrap up the spiritual angle, it's like, mm-hmm. you, uh, you can, I think you can relate true spirituality. And I'm not talking like organized religion. I'm talking about like right. a true spiritual, right life to this art life as for sure you you know the parallels are all there like the easel to me is the or your is the altar yeah i got you worship (laughs) and your your press the the press the press is the altar and and the painting is an offering to Hmm. the thing and so you have to be your best artistic self which is similar to being like your pure pure spiritual self in order to Mm -hmm. do something worthy to this art god thing you know, mm-hmm. and and if you're not bringing it 100, percent the art god knows, right. and you know, it knows, <laughs> it knows, yeah, and right. you, know. you know for sure. <laughs> you half it at half ass at the end. There's always like, oh, I kind of, you know, cheated on the end of that one, but <laughs> so it's, there, like, it's it's funny that it does kind of seem that it does pan like. It knows, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Nothing's gonna happen with that piece, you know. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And when you do nail it, they sell right away too. It's weird. Yes. It, it, and yeah, you, good. You know, it's a trip. It's a trip. Not always, <laughs> yeah. but but a lot of times they will just be like the first thing to sell in a show or whatever. For me, you know, so, like or or they're really popular. So, you know, right. So it's so funny that the piece that ended up becoming this tool. So I did this series, and mm-hmm. I'm. 
I do the first pencil drawing, do a second pencil, and then I do one that's like half acrylics, half pencil. Then I finally take the jump into uh, oils, getting back into the oil painting because I just always love. Again, with my the way I work, I do like the wet on wet, so like I I don't have the ability to like know the color that I want. Yeah, I no, have to no. mix on canvas mm-hmm. and just must muddle it around until it works. Mm-hmm. So I get back into it. I kind of have this shtick, and they're all still the same as my prints where it's like a you know a silhouette in a space i i just like i put my head through a wall trying to make full areas you know full rounded spaces and the the one that ended up becoming the poster was you know this location so it was the first time i make a full space and i have to now touch every single part of the canvas and like that was such a struggle for me and by the end of it i almost didn't want to post it i was like i it was such a fight to the end mm-hmm. i was like and then like i put so much time into it that i'm like getting to the end i'm like dude i don't know about this i don't know how i feel but like i gotta finish it i've this is now months that i've <laughs> devoted to this damn thing and then what do you know that's the one that like immediately four hours later adam reached out and goes hey I will read. so it's like I don't know what the hell I <laughs> my right. own taste is even you know <laughs> but it's just so funny that that like it really is the stuff you you have to go full in. You know, you have to commit. Yeah. And sometimes you might not even be aware of what the right thing is. Like mm-hmm. doing the the printmaking work for other artists. That's another thing we always joke about is like, especially when it's non-representational, we'll do, you know, we'll do like the one for one edition where like they have a piece of work. We match the colors, we match the shapes, everything one for one. But then we use those blocks and we'll change the colors and we'll play. And then we can either do varied editions or they might choose one of those for an edition, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we'll have the ones that we're like, oh, we nailed it. That is gorgeous. Right. And the artist comes in and is like, that's trash. Right. <laughs> and then they yeah. choose one that you're like, oh, yeah. All right. So it's like, I've definitely slowly learned to accept. I was like, art really 100% is such a subjective and it's a personal thing too. Mm-hmm. It's like, what I'm thinking. 99% of the people aren't going to like they have no idea what I was thinking or what right. went into this so it's like it's a personal interaction with them on the other end of it too mm-hmm. so like it is such uh, I wholeheartedly agree that it is this spiritual experience regardless of whether you're spiritual or not right it is this <laughs> extra little magical something if yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah absolutely and, and and every every artist I know thinks that to some degree you know mm-hmm. um but but even if you're not like, you know, even if you're like full on atheist, right. materialist, mm-hmm. you can still make the parallel to the, the spiritual journey. And, and you can mm-hmm. and you can see how it relates, whether you right. believe in that or not. You could say, oh, that's just a way you're looking at it. It's like, yeah, maybe. But right. but it's still it, it to me, it's like it's to me that makes to, what that means to me is that. Uh, you know, cause I, I, you know, I'm into weird stuff and spirituality and stuff. So yeah. <laughs> I do believe that people can gain, um, I don't know, enlightenment's kind of a bad, you know, a loaded term, mm-hmm. but you can, mm-hmm. you can gain spiritual advancement by having some kind of devotional practice, meditation mm-hmm. practice and devoting yourself to it. For sure. and, and so because the parallels are there with the art life. And, um, because of the feeling, you know, the, the satisfaction and stuff we get out of it and the way it affects us when we create it, I, mm-hmm. I think it's like, 
a legitimate spiritual path that you could be like, you know, you could follow instead of if you feel more suited, it's like a spiritual path in, in right, a way. Right. And, uh, and I, and I think that's kind of what Alex Gray is getting at with that art church with the right, chapter yeah. with Cosm, you know, yes. it's like, that's basically kind of like the full embodiment of yeah, that idea. Yeah. 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 Which is, uh, so, so it's, it's kind of interesting. It's almost like it could be, it's like a new religion in a weird way, or it could be a new religion. Hmm. Um, right. Right. Or at least a new spiritual path. Right. You right. Know? Uh, but anyway, anyway, it's, it's getting, I want to, I want to find out about your black painting on black. <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> Let's get out of this woo woo shit. <laughs> um, okay. So what, yeah, what's, what's, I, I, uh, appreciate that your technique, I've, I've seen your time lapses. It's like an illustration kind of technique to where you're projecting, mm-hmm. tracing mm-hmm. Or, or tracing, transferring mm-hmm. a drawing. Exactly. I've done, exactly. I do that, you know, with these over here. From, mm-hmm. These are like right. movie stills. It's, right, exactly. I, I just did you some. Have your reference. Yeah, it's like um, I transfer them. I do the drawing. And um, and I have, normally I don't paint like that, the way you paint. Like normally mm-hmm. I kind of yeah, you block, block in, I things see. and I, yes, I kind yes. of slowly refine. But when it comes to these, and this is only probably since I did this painting skull flower, which is a skull with a big yellow flower. Yeah. That was, uh, that was one of my favorites you've done. That oh, thanks. Very, very good. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, that was one of those ones where I was like, I, I nailed it. Everybody mm-hmm, loved it. Mm-hmm. It was one of those magical <laughs> ones, but, How about uh, it? but, but the way I did it was I, I, you know, the photo, I took the photo cause it was, it was, a. uh, uh, uh a random thing that I stuck that my wife gave me flower. I stuck it in the hmm. skull cause I didn't have anywhere to put it. And I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. that'd make a cool painting. Huh. And so it How was like it? totally inspired. So I took the huh. photo. Okay. I'm going to paint this later. And I ended up doing it like six months or a year later when I needed to do a painting for this show for Copro. Right. A, right. A group show. So I just needed one good painting. And, um, I'd been kind of holding on to that idea. And so anyway, hmm. I projected it and then I bit, I just painted it direct. Right. I didn't do, huh. I don't think no I did any, or... just a, just a, did it in ink. I traced it with, uh, indie ink and then huh. I didn't tone the canvas. It was just on white and, um, I didn't do glazing much. I may, maybe mm-hmm. at the end I may have, but not much. It was like pretty much direct painting, just the way you paint where mm-hmm. you're, where you're painting certain areas at a time. Right. And, right. um, it was like, wow, this is so, I really enjoyed it because I I'm so, more of a, like, like you said, a filling things, rough shapes, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, but I really enjoyed painting that way because it was very like, I don't want to say paint by numbers, but it was like, it, yeah, for sure. It, you know, it was more like controlled and it, and it, and, uh, enjoyable because I, it's like, I hmm. had the reference so, right yeah. next to the easel <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm just going to match the color and paint it. And it was uh-huh. super fun. And it was also uh-huh. really efficient. And I was mm-hmm. happy with the way it came out. So I was like totally into it. So I've been painting more like that hmm. since then. Okay. You know, just to switch things up. Cause I've been painting right. more the other way for forever, for like 20 years or 15 years right. or whatever, 18 years. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's mm-hmm. 20 at this point. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, it's good to sw- change things up and, and for try sure. techniques. So anyway, anyway, my point is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the way you paint <laughs> from yes. what I've seen. <laughs> it's, it's like, for me, it's like, I'm definitely relating to what you're saying. Like it's, it's like a marathon for me. And like, it's again, it's out of pure necessity that like, 
I would love to. So like I went to uh, it's called the Creative and Performing Arts High School before college. Uh, where It's essentially like pre-college. They give you four. This was uh, your high school. This is my high school. Yeah. Uh, that so, sounds like, so cool. Four art class. Yeah, it was everything. You know, they do dance, drama, so writing. So lucky. I always was jealous of kids that got to go to these art, art uh, sure. high schools. Like I yeah. said, it was pretty much college before college. It was right. the same exact format. Four art classes, I guess, uh, what is that? Five academic class, whatever. They split up your- Five boring classes. <laughs> yeah, five <laughs> classes that we nobody cares about. <laughs> so they taught us the, I guess it's like the- not Baroque style, but like layering. So you do your like monochromatic and then you use glazes. And like, I did it. I did it for the class, but like, I, it must just be the way my brain works. Oh, Once, the, the glazing, the, the, the like, yes, uh, like color uh, glazing. Uh, 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 what's the term? Uh, grisaille. Where you yes, paint it so on finish, exactly. black and white, and then you glaze. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I liked it in theory. Like just... <laughs> By the time I'm done, the black and white, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My brain, I'm checked out. And now it's essentially like the way I th- would always think of it is like, you mean I got to paint it again? I just well, painted the whole thing. Yeah. And I got to paint it again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is interesting because oftentimes when I'm teaching students how to paint, I do point them to the grisaille method because hmm. um, uh, it's you don't have to think about color and value at the same time. That's what's cool about it is that you okay. can just focus on the values. It's almost like drawing in that way. And then you think right. about color later, but it's, but, but, it, but it, but it is like painting it twice kind of. So, right. so I right. totally, I totally get that. I, I do like the control of, of, I like right. being Understanding able to yeah, the light. Yeah. And thinking just about the values and, and the lights and the, sh- the shadows and the light, and then coming in with the color later. I do, I do kind of like that, but, um, uh, some people, if you're able to think in terms of color and value, which Mm -hmm. I think most artists do, I mean, not a lot of people do grisaille technique. I mean, it's not super common. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, but that's, but that's a, like, you are naturally good at that apparently value and color like you seeing it as one thing and not having a problem with it i think that like the it's just like the chronology of how i did it going from woodcut this printmaking like so everything's so final Mm -hmm. in printmaking that it was like trial by fire you know there's no turning back right decisions are final Mm -hmm. and also like the way that the color relations as i was saying earlier the way the layering works so like whether i kind of knew it or not i was always learning color relations mm-hmm. and, and like definitely like you're saying where it's i try to flesh out my whole idea in my references and my drawing i get it as close as i can and then it's like probably five percent changes happen on the canvas right. where like maybe i didn't have a good enough reference and i just got to make it up or whatever like but it is very nice just like you were saying having the the yeah. one for one yeah there's like yeah. the uh documentary tim's vermeer i don't know if you've yeah, ever yeah. watched mm-hmm. that yeah so after watching that obviously i was like so enthralled i love vermeer's work mm-hmm. i've seen a couple of shows where they have like you know they bring his collection here and there and i actually did like a very cheap version of it with the like the early rendition of the painting where it's just like the 45 degree uh mirror I made a reference of just a photograph of a stack of skulls. And then I just did that process. Hmm. And I think that was like probably the first stage in this 
technique or like just my methodology, you know, just doing the one for one. Right. And it's like, I'm just training my eye to match tone, match color, you know, Mm -hmm. value Mm -hmm. as best as I can, essentially. Right. You know? Yeah. But I do like the beginning to end and I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who else is, uh, I know a lot of people who paint like that. Uh, (laughs) what's her name? Uh, she was on the podcast. She did one of the first video podcasts when we started doing the video podcast. Linnea Strid. Linnea Strid. Right. Gotta look her up. Yeah. She paints like that though. She just will like paint a finished area, you know, all, Mm -hmm. you know, just not all over. It's like, she's just painting it, you know, and and just section by section. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, uh, I think it, it also helps me to keep my colors relative too. is like, a, that was the other struggle that I found, like in, especially in like our high school and then onward is like the oils, my own methodologies are slow. So like, you know, I would do the monochromatic, whether it was in like a Brown or a black, just straight black and white. And then I would go to do the, the color glazing. I would, ne- I would like, you know, do this. It's just slow going. So like, I right. do like the, you know, top, five inches and then i gotta come back and i'm like well shit like i kind of remember which colors i was using but and then yeah, you get uh, yeah. another section done and then you you know once you go to glaze it you see like these little quadrants of different hues and you're like oh <laughs> i didn't quite nail that yeah, one yeah <laughs> right so i think it also it just helps me to keep it consistent it's just mm-hmm. like i'm working even if i don't match the colors it's like kind of blending from where right, i left off right, right, and right. it just stays more consistent it's again it's just purely out of necessity yeah you know? yeah yeah so the only way i know how <laughs> yeah yeah no that's that's all good um okay why why the black panels so again, that was p- probably purely through just kind of trial and error. So like I did those drawings, mm-hmm. I then did the first one um, that was the oil painting, and I knew that it was going to be this figure in like space. Mm-hmm. So I, I I just wanted to gesso it with matte black gesso to, to begin with, and in, in doing that, I just learned like for whatever reason, it just. So I, I guess this comes back to like my pencil drawings. I always do. T- do them too light. That is my mm-hmm. biggest crutch that I need to work on. I always stop before I get my blacks black enough. Yeah. And it just, it looks terrible. I feel So like. when I do the blacks first, it forces my hand. Like I'll have to do multiple layers. Mm. If I want the whites to be whiter, I got to keep building up layers and building up the highlights. So like it's, it's again, it's probably a crutch, you know, like I started out with the blacks, but it also just does something to the the color having a little bit of the underpainting coming through being black for whatever reason just helps them the way i render the tone mm-hmm. like i guess what you're saying with you just purely using color to make the tonality i can use the black as my like shadows to my advantage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just the way that uh you know again it was like just kind of like everything i do is very analytical and it was like just another step and i was like ooh, i actually do kind of this is a benefit you know right. i did the first ones are you know obviously a pencil drawing on a white piece of paper and again it's like oh shit like if the backgrounds are black now i gotta sit there and yeah get graphite dust and you know it was just <laughs> like a an extra step i didn't feel like dealing with right. you know yeah yeah but i i no go ahead just started black and then you know that's now just become part of the the process. I know? mean, I guess I've I've always done burnt umber in that mm-hmm. way, you know, mm-hmm. where it's toned, and then I'll go in and paint the shadows when I'm when I'm painting mm. that way. But 
Um, there is something about painting on black that I just feel like I don't think I've ever done it. And I've seen, I was just looking at panels, another weird thing the other day, like mm -hmm. two days ago, because I got to order some canvases for some projects. And I was seeing all these black, pre-painted black ones, gesso. Mm. And I'm like, I was like, it's something in the back of my mind is like, hmm, interesting. So I'm, uh, I'm going to do it just to do it, just to try mm -hmm. it, you know? Right, right. Um, I don't know why though. <laughs> it's just like a yeah. feel. I just want to try it just as an it experiment. Definitely is a different. Like I said, that's the way I learned was doing. She would have us a uh, my old teacher Miss Coonan. She'd have us dip our brush into our waste, you know, our turpentine or turpenoid, mm -hmm. and just get the gunk at the bottom, and that's what we would gesso our canvases with. So like, we oh, learned yeah, by yeah, just yeah, you know, having a gray mm -hmm. mesh, purpley mesh, you know, yeah, yeah, to start that is with. A, yeah, that's a cool way of of, of laying, mm -hmm. laying it under a ground. And that was always how I did it. It was always that kind of mid tone, mm -hmm. you know, exactly what you just said. You start with the middle, right? You do your darks, then you do your lights, and like kind of go back and forth, mm -hmm. and just. I think it's just like more efficient for whatever reason. For like I said, I can like kind of play with the black showing through here and there. Right. There's a, it forces me to make them black. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those shadows are going to be there whether I like it or not. So <laughs> That's it's like cool. A nice little thing to lean back on. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely going to try it. I'm definitely going to try it. First, yeah. It's definitely worth a shot. Actually, I'd like to know where, because like I get the, um, what the hell are they called? Like ceramic board. It's like MDF coated with oh yeah a coating the, of yeah I know what you're some kind about. of ceramic yeah uh, yeah it's uh it's not gesso board clay it's board clay board clay yeah board. yeah yeah but my problem like I'm just going you, I want smooth you know That's do you sand it though because the problem okay okay the, the problem with the the clay board that I've had is I remember when I first got when I started painting I bought a bunch of clay board because I was like I mm -hmm. want smooth. Right. And, and I didn't know to sand it. It was just a nightmare mm -hmm. working on it. It was all slippery and just yes. didn't have anything. I didn't know that either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to sand it. You got to yes, sand it just to give do. it a little something. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I, I've learned that like I'll gesso sand, gesso sand, and then that'll get, but it still isn't perfect. Like I'll, I'm still finding myself, you know, doing some, it's of course in the most like detailed part. And there's like that little bit of brush. Yeah. You know, <laughs> topographical map going on i'm like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one spot i missed <laughs> so you're you 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 don't do canvases then you're like you're a smooth no. smooth surface guy yeah the first one i did was on a canvas and it was just a con that that first tim's vermeer style one was on a gessoed canvas and it just like the the texture yes. i was like pretty much just going to gesso it the next one my idea was i'll just cake it and gesso sand it cake it and mm -hmm. get get a blanket of smooth gesso but i was like you know i might as well try out these these panels you know mm -hmm. i was also considering maybe wood lately mm -hmm. doing the same thing you know sealing the wood coating it right but the the i will say those clay boards are pretty good like the other thing i kind of like about them is like if you want to pull out like you know like a highlight in an eye or something you can just like take a exacto and pop it and you get oh, back to the, oh. the clay board exposed so it's like an extra move you can kind of that's kind of cool that's kind of cool i've seen that was actually on their web they suggest like for uh people that use it for drawing that you know if your eraser isn't working well just straight take an exacto blade hmm. and that's good to know yeah yeah I always, back. I always wondered what what the difference i mean what is the purpose of clay board over the gesso board because it's the same mm -hmm. company they that sells mm -hmm. them both but the but the clay board is also for like 
scratch board too. You can paint ink over and scratch it mm -hmm. off, right? Yeah, and I think it's also like water. They can you can do watercolor on it because mm. it is like an absorbent material. I think oh. that's their like. It's pretty much supposed to be for anything. You can okay. do ink drawing, pencil drawing, oil mm -hmm. painting. It's supposed to be like a a broad right you know, surface for painting whatever really have you uh done uh tried aluminum uh, the acm panel yet i have not and i've been said there's a another artist i follow uh what's her name dina brodsky i think and she oh, yeah. paints on copper and i'm like oh i know copper so, yeah i know i want to try copper too <laughs> yeah but the aluminum i just prepare the um like with gesso and it's just like a hmm. panel that you know it's the street stuff that like stop signs are made out of and street signs okay. so mm -hmm. they're like uh two two aluminum sandwiched it's got it's got some core like plasticky kind of core in between them so it's kind of hmm. kind of lightweight Cause, okay because you know i sort i like that because the the thing I don't like about wood panels is sometimes if I drop them, I'll chip yes. the corners and yes. that's a hassle. But so the aluminum, it's like sometimes it'll bend if you drop it and then you can kind of take pliers and bend yeah, it back. Right. <laughs> so it's a little right. bit. And it seems yeah, that is the, the other thing I'm scared with the, the clay board is they will fracture. Yeah, know? right. If right. you drop a corner, it will pop a whole corner of the, the lamb or whatever. the Right, off. right, oh. right. Yeah, oh. yeah. And the, the aluminum, you don't have to worry about... Oh, that's the other thing I like about it. You don't have to worry about warping. Mm. You don't have to worry about anything you have to worry about with wood, where you have to yes. seal it yes. all up if you don't seal, you know, the moisture, if it's in weird climates or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. what I the thing I love about it is that you can... Um, Sometimes I'm in such a rush to get paintings to dry. I'll put them mm -hmm. in front of a heater. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so the wood, if you're not careful, it gets too hot. The wood can warp. Oh my God. You know, right, so, so, right. but the thing is I could push it further with the Aluma with the, comp. Oh, and, and I'm sure and that it, might even help like absorbing the heat and. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Drying it from both sides. Yeah, you know? it doesn't warp. For sure. Mm. The only thing I, I've actually, I've got a convection oven that I use for mm. melting my clay and I've put mm. five by sevens in the oven and mm. that dries them like great. But, How about it? But I will say one of them, I dried too much or I had oh, the no. heat too high because I was like seeing how far I could push it and, and the core started like the inner core started, started kind of sucking in. So then you've got these little ledges of thin aluminum that you could bend mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Almost like sucks right. in. So, so anyway, but, but, but you can, uh, heat them more than you can wood and not get any okay. kind of damage, man. I, my last show, solo show, I was, I would have this little bathroom, had a heat space heater in there, <laughs> stuck those things in there. Uh, so, you know, I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, are you, are you painting with a medium? You must be painting with some kind of medium if you're, or, or if you're, or, are you just painting straight oils or straight oils? And I do straight. Oh, no. sometimes. So the other, I've mentioned this before. Like I basically like I'm finally getting through my, my stash from college and high school and my grandparents, mm -hmm. you know? So like I paint with anything. It's, it's probably garbage paint nine times. Yeah, that's what my dad was. My dad used to paint with whatever. I would look at his right. paints and it was like, they're all what these cheap the student grade paints. And like he's gambling like, and you know, yeah, he's like, a, I mean, gambling's got, uh, I use gambling stuff, but they've got, okay. uh, they've got like a cheap student 
version. Yeah, right, right. You right. know, but intro. You know, yeah. Winton, Windsor Newton, has yeah. Winton, mm-hmm. which are cheap. But it's like I know a lot of artists that use mix. They use it also. My dad didn't give a shit. So, um, and you can tell there's like with the certain colors, you will see the transparent when like. Trying to think of my last painting, there was like certain parts of it where I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to take like four passes." Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's not so thin, you know. Not a, it's not as pigmented. They save money right. on the pigment. Oh, so. for sure, right. It's like extra linseed oil or yeah. whatever. They're, yeah, you know, yeah, bases. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just have at it with the, the just, paint. You know? Okay, okay. And you haven't messed with mediums. <clears throat> no, I should. There's the, this is the second time that somebody has suggested, like, hey, you probably, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> try messing with some medium. It's funny because I discovered liquid when I first started painting, which mm. is a drying medium. And okay. so, if you paint, it will be dry the next day with, okay. without heating it. It's just mm-hmm, it dries mm-hmm. the next day. It's great. Um, yeah, it's synthetic though. So, if you're a traditionalist, right, the it's, archival, yeah, right. it's like they say it's archival. People have been using mm-hmm. it for, I don't know, 40 years now, and it's and it's okay, it's good. But you know, the people, news. people that are like, you know, traditionalists, <laughs> purists. yeah, purists right. are, are going to be like linseed oil, no dryers. But, um, you know, when I was first starting, I had to finish stuff, I was working in the day, yeah. and so liquid is perfect and i still use liquid but lately i've been painting um with no medium or just a tiny tiny bit of liquid if i need it just to just to thin right. the paint a little bit but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I, lo- I i love painting with no medium but it's yeah, that's... got me it's took all this time to get me to stop painting with medium um hmm. but i love it like this i painted this with without medium for a oh, commission okay. right on and it was uh-huh, like uh-huh. lead white i don't know if you ever use lead, yeah. lead white yep. lead white mm-hmm. is crazy it's How so it? so cool it's like the supple you know it's like mixes with other colors it's like so yes. different than titanium titanium is very like great and opaque but mm-hmm. if you if you mix lead white with colors it's not a strong it doesn't tint very strong. It's a weak white, so it blends in. Uh, it's lead, so it's toxic, if, if, right, you know. Right. But um, so are cadmium colors. But um, mm-hmm. I, I love it though. So I'm been into using lead white. It dries fast too. Lead white dries fast. Okay. And if you, since you usually are mixing white in with your paints generally, and mm-hmm, you use mm-hmm. lead white, it kind of works like a dryer for your other paints ah, and it makes right, the paint right. it's like sapping the yeah moisture. It's, it's it's just helping the other colors dry so it almost works like huh. a drying medium when you use lead white yeah it's cool okay um I, th- I have an old can from again once somebody gave it to me that's like <laughs> and that's like my like you know i'm slowly <laughs> dwindling it down uh yeah um i was like you know totally on a side note i was mm-hmm. watching this youtube channel yesterday uh, I don't remember what it's called. Ah, I won't look it up. It's old, yeah. old, old Masters Academy or something. Every once okay, in a while, it rings a bell. They, rings a bell. they do a live stream of their classes where they go over everything. They go over like materials and it's weird. They just, I don't know why they do it. I think they're trying to get you to pay for the whole course, which is like 500 bucks, which mm-hmm. looks worth it. The info right. is really good. They, mm-hmm. they go over all materials, brushes, and then the different old masters techniques and show demonstrations and talk about art history. It's really good. But mm-hmm. they, they had this live stream on. They go for like 20 hours just playing oh, wow. playing the stuff. Uh, 
Anyway, I don't know why I brought that up because they were talking about lead white. That's why they were talking a lot about lead white and how it's also the strongest. It's got the strongest paint film out of all the paints. So that's why uh, traditionalists like to use lead white because it's it's the strongest paint film. You're usually mixing it with almost every color unless you're glazing or doing really dark colors. And so therefore you've got lead white throughout the painting, which is going to give you the strongest paint Mm. surface and most stable paint surface. So that's my pitch about lead white. Thing to know, yeah. (laughs) I should be sticking, you know, going tapping into my uh, reserves more often. That's the one thing I'm using, like the intro student colors, but then I still have this like nice tube (laughs) that somebody gave me. Yeah, it's like probably like a seventy dollar tube of it's probably titanium white, but that's like why I like rationalize it with myself. I was like, at least it's like probably fifty percent. This paint, at least, you know, (laughs) (laughs) looks all right. (laughs) The art God wants you to use better paints. (laughs) Uh The the art God is speaking through me, telling you. Yes. I got (laughs) to invest. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, uh, uh, I've been getting, I've been getting some, uh, Vasari paints Mm. too for a while. If you ever use Vasari, they're like really good. Okay. High quality paints. I've been trying. I'm trying to transition into all the really high end paints. Uh, yeah. You know, just just Why because, <laughs> just because, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, anyway, so, okay. So we're we're on black boards. Okay. Um, I also wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a dumb question, so I apologize, but I, I need like probably could phrase it in a way it's not as dumb, but ultimately what I want to get to is. Where do you get your ideas? It's like the worst question people always ask me. Where do you get your ideas? But 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 really, you've got a theme. There's mm-hmm. a theme in your there's th- there's like a th- running theme in your work. Uh, it seems like right. I don't know. It seems like to me like kind of spiritual and archetypal and mm-hmm. cosmic mm-hmm. and 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 what? How do you formulate your paintings? I guess is a better way of putting it. How do you come up with? How do you? decide what you wanted to paint like i i I remember when i decided i wanted to paint monsters Mm -hmm. you know uh how did it develop for you or or did it develop or so like years ago it was definitely like when i was in college it definitely was like you know again i was like influenced by like the very traditional artists you always hear so like i was always struggling with that idea again like what it's funny, like you're getting back to like the spiritual side of it. It's like, what am I going to devote my time to? What is going to be, because again, it's like time is fleeting. I'm mm-hmm. hyper aware of it. What is going to be the thing that I'm going to devote and really dive into? So it, it was definitely a kind of a struggle. It was the doing those prints was kind of the start of getting kind of a visual idea. And I, I like the anatomy and I like all that because of the, the, um, it's not individual. You know, it's like everybody can relate to anatomy. Everybody has the same structure yeah, that's a good, within that's, our body. So like I That's a great point. That's a great you point. You know, like that's why I definitely like liked Alex Gray's work and I like the visionary artist where it's like it's taking the individualism out of it. And also like the the idea that like I can only use myself or my partner's like face so many yeah, times. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I, I paint white people only. <laughs> right, right, exactly. That's that's like, what I that's what I like about the monster stuff too. Is it takes like race right. away? You exactly. Know what I mean? and, they say, and that was another part that I was like constantly thinking. It was and like more universal, white, right? 
Exactly. And it's like it, it makes it more referential for everybody who right. can enjoy it. More inclusive, so like I, I think you could say. Exactly, for sure. And that's like that, that was always kind of a part. Like, I do want to keep that in mind. Like, it, it, this is for everybody. Uh, exactly. It's for you as much as, you know, I'm just making it, but it is for the, you know. Yeah. For everybody else that wants to mm-hmm. take the time to look at it, you know. Right. So I, I come up, came up with that kind of general theme and I was like mentioning it earlier and again it's kind of getting back to the spiritual thing it's like it really comes from nowhere and it it's like I'm lucky if I get one or two a month mm-hmm. where I'll get that like that light bulb where I'm like oh you know and that's when I'm a couple so, of my Instagram posts where it'll be like that terrible <laughs> awful sketch next yeah, to yeah. the final and that's it like I don't do a lot of preliminary I get the kind of vision I make my full rendered as best as I, I'll take tons of photographs and try to render uh, the idea as best as I can. And then that goes direct to the painting. So and then I the, execute. The, okay. So the ideas are you, cause most of my ideas come mm-hmm. from doodling and sketching and not knowing what I'm going to do and just screwing around yeah, until I probably something should develops. do more no, but I mean, it's just, it's just, a, it's one way of working. Whereas I know, mm-hmm. I, I know other artists that kind of like think about it, think about an idea and, or wait to, for this thing to come to them and see mm-hmm. it finalized. And I've all, I've had it happen to me, but it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty rare for me to see Exi- the finished right. thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, it's cool, but, but it doesn't mm-hmm. happen that often. Usually part of my process is just, I don't know, like automatic writing automatic drawing hmm. just like just see what comes out see something that you like and then go oh, okay i'm going to follow this a little bit and see if it turns right. out into something good but um so you're kind of what not like that you're you're more like you what think about it or they come to What's... you just flashes or or how does so it, it is i will just get like a visual idea it's interesting like we pretty much do the same thing and i think you will maybe do it physically with the sketching and playing it like i'll have the initial idea i know pretty much generally where i want to go with it but then it's usually in the act of how the hell do i make this what references am i going to take okay okay and then then it'll change and then it'll you know i'll find i'll see something that i'm like oh that's just like because again at the end of the day it's got to look cool it's got to be something and interesting and then you know Mm -hmm. something i'm going to want to spend months on so like sometimes again, like something completely out of left field and I'll like, I'll follow that kind of vein for a little while. And then that'll, it'll change it a little bit. But for the most part, I like have the, like I said, it's probably like 80% of the idea. And a lot of it comes from more for me is like, I'll just research things to no end. I think a lot of it comes from reading, yeah, I love looking into, art. yeah, just researching to know. Mm. And like, that'll give me cool visuals. Mm, I'll latch okay. on to one of those research the hell out of that whether it's mythologies whatever right. research that and then it'll give me another and then i'll just kind of like follow these veins slap different things together and then it, like it's very kind of give and take back and forth it's not really like a it's probably very similar to you like very rarely will i have the whole thing like oh no no, no this is what it's got to be beginning to end the rest of it is like i'll have that initial kind of idea whatever something will kind of spur uh a visual or even just a, an idea. Yeah. I'll research it. That'll lead me to other things, so, other ideas. So you're just kind of following your curiosity really. Yeah. And, and the art yes. develops out of researching what you're curious, things that you're curious about. That's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Yeah. That's, that makes sense. Um, so what, uh, 
what were i mean you definitely it's like you can see your style it's like you're you definitely have a style a specific mm-hmm. style looks like yours which is really cool um Thank and you. one of the hardest things to get i think you know it's it's mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that you can only get for the most part by putting the time in right you know right and it and it happens it kind of happens on its own i know that um I don't know. Before I became a painter, I, I I think, and I think a lot of artists think this that, or a lot of people who are who don't know about art making think mm-hmm. that it's a uh, an intellectual decision. Like, what am I going to be a paint? What am I? What's my thing going right. to be? And then you decide in your head what your style right. and what your <laughs> what your voice is, and then you do uh-huh. it. And it's not like that. It wasn't like that no. for me anyway. It's like right. you have to get the work out. You have to keep mm-hmm. putting work out, and then it will begin to develop, and then it will know, reveal itself. Yeah, it will sure. reveal itself, and then you, it's like up to you to f- find the the things that are you the most mm-hmm. you and to go in that direction. Because I think when, mm-hmm. we, when we start, we we definitely emulate the people, yes. the painters that we were 100%. influenced by. Like a lot of my early stuff is very Gigery and Bekshinsky ish. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. I kept mm-hmm. trying to like, okay, what are the things in these paintings that are clearly mine and not like a Bekshinsky, yeah. not like a Giger. I'm going to follow that just in the back of my mind, you know, keep mm-hmm. that in the forefront. I'm going to focus on those things to develop the right. next paintings you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so, uh, uh, I don't know what my point was, but, but <laughs> you, so you mentioned you're, you, you were inspired by a lot of these old masters, okay. really Dolly. I was definitely, when I was a little kid, I, my aunt had all these cool old Dolly books. I used to trip mm-hmm. out looking at those and Escher, mm-hmm. I was yes, a huge yes, MC Escher fan. Oh. Yeah. Right. I just There's thought one specific print of his with the snakes, the three snakes interlocking. Mm-hmm. That yeah. I would suggest if you've never, there's, there's only like three videos of him working and there's one video of him printing that print. And it absolutely, like I'm figuring his registration system, it has to be methodical. No, he, and also it's a tessellation. I didn't realize. So that print, he only printed a triangle and the triangle locks into itself three times. Oh, wow. So he only prints like the, I don't know if you remember that it's got like um, this interwoven kind of mesh that the snakes are weaving in and out of. I got to see. I got to look, look it up. I got to look it up. I'm sure I've mind seen it. mind boggling. <laughs> all, all of his shit is totally mind I mean, all of his stuff is amazing. Amazing, amazing. And he's like- That one- to me is like the pinnacle. <laughs> okay. So what's what would I Let call- Let me see if fall If you just search like Escher snakes- but let me uh okay i'm gonna look it up I'm gonna, i can't i can't wait okay oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 that's <laughs> so it's, it's, that, that geometric it's insane it's insane is every quadrant of those snakes and you can find the jog line eventually when you see the block he made so that's a triangle and that thing locks into itself no way. three times yes that's crazy it, it may as a printmaker when i saw him print and like so the way he prints this damn thing real slap happy just like puts the ink all over it and then he puts the paper on the front and then he like takes it by hand and flops it like this puts it through the press and like just like totally nonchalant and like boggles my mind (laughs) it's how he managed to do this it's funny because he escher is like totally mainstream at this point like he's got all the books Mm -hmm, but but mm -hmm. i still feel like at least in uh in 
in the art community, the 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 art scene that I show in, it's like MC Escher doesn't get a lot of love, mm-hmm. but but um, I mean even it's like his stuff is so uh, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean he's uh-huh. done, he, he's he's done you know he, he's he deserve he's not overrated. Put it that way. He right, deserves for sure. He deserves the acclaim. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 hands. I mean, he's done this iconic the hands drawing each other mm-hmm. and, and the globe and the and some of his the skull uh, in the eye. It's yes, like, yes, right, exactly. Like these super like a household images at this point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but they're you know? so they're masterpieces for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he also got me into it's called mezzotints. I don't know if you that that process. I've heard it, guy, but what is a mezzotint? So you take a piece of copper uh instead of using the acid. So instead of doing the drawing with the hard ground and all that, this is a total physical. So it's kind of getting back to the woodcut total physical process. You take the piece of copper and it's called a mezzotint rocker. And it's, if you look at it on a microscopic level, it's got little serrated edge and you take the rocker and you roll it on the piece of copper and it it takes hours. What what does the rocker thing look like? Uh, Do I have one? It's basically like a flat piece of metal and it has like a round, you know, oh, okay. uh, convex edge on it. And so, then that edge has a bunch of little serrated. So it looks like, like a bent steak yeah. knife, but like micro. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. It's kind of like, you ever seen like the cheese cutters? And yeah. It's like a big flat piece of steel, but the, the yeah. cutting edges around it, it looks exactly like that, yeah. except the edge is like serrated. And so you're going like this. You're taking a lot of your force, your pressure, and you put, and what it's doing is it's making little dots, and it, they, they describe it as like little volcanoes. So the center that's puncturing the, the copper will be a dot that holds ink, but then it also creates like a, you know, a little belly. Oh, weird. So microscopically, you're putting millions and millions and millions of these wow. little dots. It creates this gorgeous, velvety surface on the copper. And now that's the process where you are now drawing one for one, where you take a burnisher, metal burnisher, and you smooth out those burrs. That will be your whites of the drawing. And he's done a couple. And I've done a few, but that was one where, like, it literally will take you, like, a week to rock a plate that's, you know, four Mm -hmm. by four. Wow. And then you do your drawing, and you don't know how it's going to ink up and how it's going to get an impression. So you're really at the will of the printmaking gods at this point yeah yeah st- again back to him being a me- like his mezzotints are just hard to fathom so and you, they're pretty big you know so you do and yeah and they look like they look like drawings right yes that's yeah, exactly. the weird it's thing the closest thing to like a one-for-one drawing style in printmaking because i sure. used to look at his stuff and be like this looks like a yeah graphite drawing to me but exactly. it says it's a mezzotint and i'm like i just did not get it it's a, it's very yeah. labor intensive <laughs> process and so, again back to like the, the multiples it's great you know yeah yeah can you adjust after you try to do a test print could you do more to it for sure yeah like there there is a back and forth the i only have one rocker and i, I that's one thing on my butt i want to get back into i tried to get back into it for whatever reason, at that time when I was at Tyler, the presses just worked beautifully on my first run. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And ever since, I keep trying to do them, and I just having no success. Mm. And it's like that thing you were saying where like I'll put like a good month in, and then you you can't get an impression. And I'm like, what am I doing? Right. You know? Wow. I'm wasting time. I'm not so like, 
you can go, it's like a, a give and take. You can keep burnishing more to get the whites brighter. And then they have like little tiny mesotint rockers. Say if you, you know, drew too much, you can go back in there and, you know, really finesse the black back into the image again. So you can kind of pull it back. And some people will draw just with the mesotint rocker on like a regular etching to right. get like really velvety black okay. areas. It's such a... Uh, very like we're already talking about niche this is like yeah <laughs> <laughs> really down the you know the rabbit hole That's, in terms of process but yeah. it's such a cool thing whenever i see one in an art museum immediately my brain's like oh, <laughs> holy shit yeah it's <laughs> amazing now i'm looking i'm looking now and i'm like wow okay i'm gonna makes, try to find one of so his weird. real good ones yeah there's like two or three specific ones there's one of like this uh bird you know, sculpture that he had. Mm -hmm. That's just like so hard to wrap your head around. And I think some of the, like the real famous, Oh yeah. So the eyeball, the, the eyeball with the, the skull in it, skull in it. That is a mezzotint. Wow. Okay. There's the, the leaf that has like a droplet of water on it. That one has always yeah. blown my freaking mind. That's a mezzotint. So they really are just like this extra it's crazy, you know, crazy, echelon, crazy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for printmaking world, he's totally like your <laughs> He's the god. He's the high yes. priest. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> he's the Pope. Oh, he he's is the, the Pope, Pope of the man. printing world. <laughs> yes. He's the embodiment of whatever that spirit, you know? Yeah, right. And I think he's like kind of similar to from my understanding, he's like a Van Gogh in the way like he just like picked up draw. That's like the part that really <laughs> pisses me off. He just picked it up at like 35 or 40. Really? You know what? I think I'll just do some. Yeah, like all of his work, if you look at the age range, it's like a 10-year window, 15-year window, and it's later in life. And oh, what do you know? I'm just like amazing at doing yeah. tessellations and these super mathematical, you know? Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every once in a while you'll come across someone like that. It's pretty yeah. rare, but uh, unbelievable yeah amazing amazing wow yeah uh that would that anyway escher was one of the it was like dolly escher mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. francis bacon uh yeah hieronymus yeah, bosch hieronymus bosch mm -hmm. is another one yes, there, there are all yes. these artists in these books that my aunt had and those mm -hmm. like i had the the first impression my uh the first artist that left an impression and then i uh got into like frazetta and and Geek uh -huh, of course and, yeah, of course right all right these, all these painters and then bekshinsky later and mm -hmm. so um yeah so anyway i guess okay here's my point was you talk mm -hmm. about these artists do you, what were the contemporary artists that you uh inspired you like in college and stuff like that I mean, definitely, like I said, the visionary artists, I mean, were definitely like a huge uh, influence. I, it was funny, like when I was in, I want to say it was like high school to college, I believe is right around the time when you'd made that leap. It was like 2000 and mm -hmm. early 2006, 2000, yeah, like mid 2000s. So your work, ironically, strangely enough, was also kind of a part of that, like, ooh, like this is a thing you can do, you know, mm -hmm. kind of oh, like cool. watching you go from the you know, special effects world to more of like fine art world. So like there's like the, like I said, for sure, Alex Gray, like mm -hmm. the, with the anatomy was definitely like a huge influence. And, but I think like the, those grace so of like when I was in college, we uh, did a study abroad, me and my wife went to Rome and just mm. 
purely randomly. It was the 250th anniversary of Caravaggio. Oh, and wow. They had the largest collection of Caravaggio's works. It had been sold out for something like two and a half years. But they said, if you show up and you're still in line by the end of the day, we'll let you in. Wow. So we show up at like five o'clock in the morning. And of course, it's on a road that is perfectly in line with the sun. So we're just literally baking ourselves. <laughs> Suffering for that art. Suffering. It took... <laughs> Easily eight, ten hours we waited. We're like no one of the way. last people. You stood in line for eight to ten hours? Oh, oh my so, God. So, ironically, this is so random, but I'll still tell the story. I had a, <laughs> one of the professors, I believe it was actually the um, the head of the printmaking department at Tyler. He, again, was just randomly there as well. He was taking a bike ride. So he, we're waiting. We're cooking ourselves. We're probably like five hours in. We're all sunburnt and dry. <laughs> and he drives by and he recognizes and he goes like, "What the hell are you doing?" And we, we tell him it's the Caravaggio thing, and he goes, he's like, "Oh man." He's like, "Oh whatever." So he goes on a bike ride. We go see the exhibit. It was in, it was all the best of the best. They had the Medusa. Uh, they had the Michelangelo. All of the the, the hits, man. It was <laughs> so good, and they're so much bigger than you would ever right. think. It was just such a cool experience. The way they lit them was like in the vibe of Caravaggio. It was mm -hmm. like dark everywhere. And oh, just cool. So anyway, we had this great experience, and that was totally like I. I'm always trying to chase that dragon of capturing that light quality he has now. Right. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so we get back to the campus and my, I see the teacher and he's mangled. His face is all bloodied and he's all mad. And he goes, you know what? Back to what we've been saying. He's like, I, I decide, as I'm riding my bike, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, these students, these, you know, 20 year olds are out arting me i'm the professor i'm the head of the department and i'm going on a bike ride <laughs> meanwhile they're standing in line for caravaggio and he's like i fell down like off a cliff like 10 minutes after i saw you guys and that was the art gods be like you know besmirching me for <laughs> not paying my dues to caravaggio. that's hilarious that's great oh, it was so good <laughs> yeah, the, seeing his work in person and seeing all of those pieces so like when we went to rome initially I it's funny actually the the painting I did for the tool thing that was a, a place in Rome called uh it's the alchemical portal and it's just like this random piazza that really nobody goes to so like when I went instead of going like we did do the you know the Colosseum the hits right yeah yeah I would was constantly researching I was only there for a month and I was like what are the weirdest places mm -hmm. you know? so we found all of the goofy Caravaggios that are in some random church and a random piazza like you really had to kind of do the work to find them so we had already been seeing them all and then all of a sudden this caravaggio show just kind of falls in our lap wow. so it was just like such a cool experience and again that has really kind of not to they're clearly not contemporary it's like 200 right as well, but <laughs> that has for sure been like a constant push in my work to try and get some kind of some of that yeah yeah <laughs> you know so, His work is just wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Amazing. That's so cool. Uh, yeah. Th th what's up with that portal? Because I did read, I read a little bit on uh, on Instagram. Uh, I think you talked about it on, on mm -hmm, an mm -hmm. Instagram post. So I'm kind of curious about, I'm curious about the whole painting really. And, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. how, and, and is, is it like, is it, is there a uh, specific meaning for sure? Or is it like, or is it intuitive or, or you know what I mean? A little bit of both. So a little the, both. the place itself 
is I forget how, it's hundreds of years. It might even be over a thousand years old. It's like a you know a ruin essentially. Mm-hmm. So the painting itself is real. Like those two figures, the doorway, and right. the setting essentially is real. Right. I tried to make it as if it was like a more fantastical. Like this is thousands of years yeah, ago yeah, before yeah. Rome's ever been developed. You know, so there is multiple kind of myths of people in the area that have written different books. And like, I chose one specific one was about um, somebody had seen uh, a alchemist, you know, going into this wooded area. They didn't see anything happen, but they see like a kind of like a glow of light in the distance. And then they run to that portion of the woods and all that's left is like a little pile of gold. And, you know, this doorway and essentially like, I like the idea of like, you know, everybody's, you know, just the metaphor of alchemy and this idea of taking, you know, base materials or non-precious materials and making this gold, this precious thing. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's what we're all chasing. It's kind of like a metaphor for immortality or like it's, it's it's an impossibility. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's chasing after, you know, right. It's a metaphor for enlightenment, spiritual enlightenment also, you know? Yes. Right. For sure. So it's like, we're trying to get to this pure preciousness. And I just like the idea that this person did succeed, but it, it cost him his life. Essentially. He had to sacrifice his life to make gold. The gold's left behind. He can't even use it now. (laughs) So I just, I kind of like that theme in reading these different kind of allegories and these old myths. And there's like two or three different ones that people have, you know, just kind of made up these different stories Mm -hmm. about this place. Cause it's, again, it's like just slapped in the middle of like a, you know, just regular town or like, it's more of the, like, uh, they're like South Rome is more of like, I guess the locals. Mm-hmm. So it's like this random piazza, you know, there's businesses and Starbucks and all this random crap. And then there's like this fenced off little corner. And then there's this cool little ruin, you know, it's funny when I first posted, I actually got a couple people from Rome that were like, how the hell do you know about this? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's so Nobody cool. Nobody knows about this. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's perfect for a tool poster too. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so like kind of what you, we were, you would ask me about like, where are my ideas? That, that's, that's kind of like the perfect embodiment of it. Okay. Like, so yeah, you were looking, you wanted to yes. find weird stuff. You found this yeah. cool ass ruin. You mm-hmm. saw it and you're like, probably like, Oh, that'd make a cool painting. So you took pictures of right. it. Yes. I have and tons then, of reference. Right. <laughs> okay. That's so cool. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And it's like a personal connection I had to it from my own just expand. Like that was 10 years ago. You know, I was like, I never would have even thought for sure. I took it with the intention of using it with art someday. Right, right, right. But you didn't have like. I never would have thought that it's going to be this. (laughs) I'm going to put it on a tool. I'm going to do a tool (laughs) tool poster before tool was even really doing posters. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) That's amazing. Wow. Well, um, what do you have? I mean. What do, what do you have coming up? Do you have anything happening, like, coming up? Are you just still dealing with this tool poster coming out and all yeah, these I'm people hitting you Yeah, I'm still riding the wave, for sure, <laughs> of that. I'm actually, so it's funny, like, having it happen in 2019, and that was even before I did that specific piece, but I, I was always kind of like, you see the other people, see you, when you people are doing the remarks and all this mm-hmm. stuff. So I always had this, like, kind of rolling eye, like, what would I do? Right. Ever? So now... I've had like this kind of backlog of ideas that I want to kind of flesh it. So for sure, that's probably going to be my next at least couple of months of just playing with, you know, it's just going to be so cool to do additional fleshing out the idea a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know? 
but and more like my goal for sure is just to kind of do more of this you know i've worked with uh, there's this one band source that i posted recently i did some album artwork for them i've mm -hmm. worked with another guy souls who's going to come out with something i think at the end of the month so like that's definitely like that's part hand in hand with like i'm going to make art no matter what from the day i'm born but i've always having the mus musician family as well like i do love that like the kind of bind between art and music and that's definitely yeah. something i for sure want to keep you know keep doing i just love like it's kind of this whole series spurred that idea where like that band source they just said here's the lyrics here's a demo hadn't been released yet make something uh, that's awesome do the same thing you did for tool do it for us and i it was like how much how blessed can I be? <laughs> you know? Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. More, please. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> wow. Well, um, that's great. Uh, where, where can people find you? Where can people find you? I'll put it in. I'll put it in the body of the text mm -hmm. as well. But just my main go is the Instagram M I K G M. That's where I post like the most. I have a Facebook as well, and that's just under my name, Mike Gamble, and then Mike Gamble Art. But I like it's like secondary to the Instagram. That's the one I always just post all my, like I'll make stories of what I'm doing live sometimes mm -hmm. and I'll post, you know, everything I'm more uh, working on, you know, currently definitely goes on the Instagram. Same thing. I have a TikTok as too, but that's like another one that's like more secondary. Same thing. And my KGM. Okay. But Instagram is the, the bread and butter. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, and my web store is left-handed press. So if you search left-handed press that that'll bring you to like everything that I have available. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming on. Great Thanks chat. Me, really great. Yeah. I'm glad it went to the weird places. I always, yeah, sure. I always <laughs> hope it goes to the weird places. That's my favorite Absolutely. thing to talk about. So mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for getting in touch. I'm, uh, this, this is a great, yeah, great interview. So I, uh, I was, thank you. Thank you. just fell into my lap. So it's cause, cause you contacted me. Oh. Um, yeah. So, uh, the only don't hang up after don't hang mm -hmm. up when I, when I say, you know, <laughs> right. I'm so unprofessional. This is so bad. But <laughs> hey, <ju> <laughs> it is uh, all good. <laughs> uh, just say goodbye. You have to just say goodbye to the audience. Cause that's a stupid tradition. I started and I can't, <laughs> I can't stop. So just say goodbye. However you still want to say goodbye. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Thank you everybody.